so I'm now there's I'm gonna be a problem. great time so far <laughs> <laughs> fucking hey man this is it's like the story of most everything i do like there's some sort of fucking bump in the road dude i love it uh all right man uh this time it's for real here we go Welcome, everybody, to The Outside Edge, a podcast for extreme athletes, by extreme athletes, and every other extreme person in the world that lives on the outside edge. This episode is brought to you by Pull Water Sports. Pull Water Sports is a full shop that carries everything you need to make your time on the water more fun. Give them a call and use the promo code, The Outside Edge, to get a 15% discount out at Pull Water Sports. I'm joined today in the studio by my producer, Mikey Lee. Hello, everyone. You didn't even introduce yourself yet. I didn't. Oh, I know. How about that? Ready? Uh, yeah. I'm your host, Dave Briscoe. <laughs> there he is. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> I got all lost in my new intro. Yeah, that was Bull great. Water Sports and everything yeah, else. That was I good, though. It was really I forgot great. myself, yeah. How, so, are, how are things? Things are great, man. Things, yeah. are, things are going good, and... Uh, Things seem to be getting a little bit back to normal. The bar, it's a Gino, you know Gino Yockler. Yeah. He was on the episode a few months ago, and uh-huh. uh, he put a post out this weekend that he went to the bar. You know, his favorite bar opened back up, and sure. him and his wife were all excited about going back there. And they walked in, and sure enough, they got the seats seated six feet apart and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's one guy sitting right in the middle of the bar that son of a bitch and he goes hey would you mind moving down one seat so my wife and i can sit here and he goes uh dude no i'm uh, social distancing so oh yeah he wouldn't move so wait a minute gino said this to the guy no no, no the, the guy said it oh, to gino God. and he wouldn't move so gino so so now everybody's writing in and gino goes what, what would you do in this situation so all these people are saying oh what you should have sat on each side of him and talked across him to your wife back and forth. <laughs> oh that would have been great <laughs> like you should have just sneezed yeah that would have yeah, been great just, just, just the, the, <laughs> uh people are getting arrested for stuff like that so don't Isn't do that, that crazy i know uh it is kind of crazy but it is kind of funny to remember that <laughs> in the middle of all of the everything else that's going on in the world yeah. there's still a pandemic going on <laughs> And there's so much misinformation. We're going to talk about that in the break today, though. Okay. All right. I've got a couple of things on that one. Okay, so. we'll get to that. So in the meantime, let's introduce... I've got a really cool guest on today. He's an old friend of mine, and uh, he's actually a big name in the wakeboard industry. So let's go back, give a few accolades. He 95 Worlds, he won the Worlds. Uh, and the 95 was still you know fairly new. We didn't even have really towers yet. Uh, from what I understand, there's an asterisk by that. that it, you'll explain later, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking you about. You know? No. Oh, I'll, I'll explain it later. All right, you explain uh, it later. Is this part of the break, too? No, I'm just giving him a hard time already, and I haven't even met him. I can't wait for you to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> he invented some of the tricks he invented was uh, the Fruit Loop, which is a toe side front flip the backside 180. Great yeah. name, Fruit Loop. Gotta love it. Uh, he's been featured in uh, two wakeboard magazine covers. He was in the inaugural X Games, which I was in as well in 96. Been in many pro tour gravity games, the Masters. He's been in some of the films that you've seen in wakeboarding, uh, Spray, Hit It, Mayday, and tons of others. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the episode, Mike Weddington. Right on. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Mike. It's good to uh, meet you, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. I am super excited to uh, to be talking to you guys today. I forgot to mention how good of an e-brake operator you are. Oh, my gosh. That is one of, yeah, that's one of my crowning achievements, dude. <laughs> that is, I mean, you know, from back of our, our, our days of being on tour, I remember you had quite a skill set of of central e brake powering as well. So. Uh, well, where I got the only reason I had mine is I was two years older than you, and I was the only one that could rent a damn car when we all got to the airport. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, man. I mean those those poor rental cars. You know, you get the walk away insurance, and and that is about all that needs to be said, right? It's just a problem. That is so messed up, man. You guys are the reason I. Get- Get shitty rental cars. Oh, yeah. That's a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, damn right. It is absolutely. That's why your door handles don't work and windshield wipers are bent or it, wonky. It's got a thud every time the wheel rolls because it's flat from you guys e-braking around a corner. It's That's hard right. to find a rental car with a turning stick anymore. No, they don't make them anymore. Yeah. The, the, Mine is a little button, my parking brake. Oh, so it's horrible. all electronic. Yeah, it's totally messed right. up. Yeah. Right. Right. And it yeah, engages that, that itself. Makes, that takes away all the fun, man. It, does, it takes away yeah. that the real dynamic of, of team driving in a real car. 
That was, I, do you remember, like, you would, when we'd get there to the counter, the guy would say, well, what kind of car are you looking for? And we wouldn't say economy, <laughs> luxury, we'd just say, one with an e-brake on the middle. As long as it's got an e-brake. It's got an e-brake and an e-brake. It's like, oh, you guys. It was it. That Kobe would go, I want the one with the central e-brake. They would be like, excuse me? He was like, I don't want the foot pedal e-brake. I want a central e-brake. That is my demand. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you guys paranoid? Yes, I'm very paranoid of car crashes. That's yeah. what it is. That's the problem. Oh, What's man. your best e-brake slide-in story? Oh, my gosh. You know, there have been quite a few. I mean, I think... There was, there was one point we were in, I believe it was Austin, Texas, and it was like Jimmy Redman and myself and Kobe, and and we had to, to really fit it into a, a, a street. It was street parking, and everybody was lined up, and we found an empty spot that would, would we thought would house the, the vehicle we were in, <laughs> and we managed to come up the opposite way of the street. I think we were going up the wrong way on a one way if memory <laughs> serves me in any way. Oh so we were already making great decisions, right? I do not recommend anyone trying this who's listening, but we did, you know, get up to speed and we're able to slide in, you know, do a 180 slide into a parallel parking space, which I was really, really proud Ooh, of. That's wow. pretty impressive. That Without is hitting, impressive. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Man, if only somebody had cell phones then that we could have got caught that on video. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Look, if we had had cell phones that were recording photos and doing all the stuff that was going on back then, I don't think any of us would have a license or a, a record of, of any sort of cleanliness. You know, we would be <laughs> under the jail at this point. None of you guys would be able to have a, a job. I mean, you wouldn't be able to hold a job anymore. <laughs> yeah, but at least our kids would know how cool we were. <laughs> exactly right. I know, man. Trending now. <laughs> So how did you get into wakeboarding, Mike? You're from North Carolina area, right? Yes, yes. So born and raised in Raleigh, North Carolina. And um, I was fortunate enough, my family had a little cabin up on Lake Gaston, which is on the North Carolina-Virginia border uh, growing up. And so, I, you know, kind of like any of us that are kind of on the water sports scene or whatever grew up, you know, kneeboarding and tubing and the old scurfers were out and all that. And I, I really got into the scurfer thing right so i was i was doing that you know during summers and all of that and and started going down to florida um where i met my, my i've got a lot of family in the orlando area longwood area and all that and um met the then world champion wakeboarder eric perez oh no kidding uh, and was fortunate enough he said hey man i'm i'm running a wakeboard camp you know you, you should come check it out and all that. And so I, I went to his wakeboard camp. I fell even further in love with it. And I decided my my career as a professional rock star slash bass player wasn't really going to pan out at that point. And so my fallback was, you know, a good good one for my parents and to be a professional wakeboarder. They were really proud at how I was maturing and making really reasonable choices at that point. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And then they I, found out that you were like, you know, hanging your wiener out the side of a moving vehicle <laughs> while it was e-breaking into a parallel parking spot. Yeah, they, they're like, there's oh. so many stories that they've missed out on and, and <laughs> thankfully so because they would just shake their head in disbelief. But I, they've, you know what? Thank goodness they've, they've been supportive and have been cool throughout the whole experience and adventures and, have always uh, been supportive and had my back. So that's, that's awesome. I'm thankful for that for sure. And you're one of the few guys we've had, like so many guys that we've interviewed. This is episode number 51, by the way, which is it's pretty cool. Um, oh, yeah. That's yeah, amazing. Congratulations, yeah. guys. That's huge. Yeah, we're yeah. halfway to the centurion, century mark. But you're one of the few guys that was not involved in three events. Uh, and, you know, like Bestie was helping us co-host for a long time. And he's, right, right, right. And he said that he was uh, one of the few guys that started right with Wakeboard. And so that that's you as well. You didn't three event. No, no, I did not. Now, I, you know, I have, have slalomed. I have gotten up on tricks, but I've never, never from that discipline side of things, I never really kind of un, you know knew that that world and wasn't really exposed to it like so many so it really kind of came on with that more surf influence skate influence um and, and some of that stuff which which i feel you know helped kind of give a different perspective it was so fun right back 
in the day we had such a cool sampling of people from three event backgrounds, but also people that came from skateboard backgrounds or right. more surf influence. And it really, I think early on gave a real identity and, and allowed other people that, that, you know, may not be just tied to one discipline could go, Hey, I can see myself fitting into that. Or I see an influence that, that would work in this wakeboarding thing. And I think it, it helped attract more people to the sport. Yeah. I couldn't agree more because the, the coolest thing when we first started was every week there was a new trick coming out, you know, and the style <laughs> was so different. You know, I mean, Scott Byerly had his hook and, you know, Perez kind of had his, his back scratcher. And then you had guys like Kovac that looked like trick skiers and, Right. But everything was so different. And, and it tried. But it was, yeah, yeah, it was really different. And I think, you know, obviously, anytime a, a media outlet gets a hold of something, they want to point out the differences and the, the rifts and the factions and, and make a story of it. But it was so, you know, to be honest, look, we were all on tour together. We all hung out together. We all, you know, lived as this traveling circus family, right? We right. would see each other every weekend, if not before, if we were doing pre-press or bar events where we were you know promoting what was going on with the pro tour and it it was it was like this good natured good vibe there wasn't this cutthroat oh you know yeah we we understood that everybody had a different style or a different approach or a different background but everybody was like hey that's cool man I, i do my thing you do yours and we at the end of the day we cheer for each other and congratulate one another uh, when the chips fall, at, you know, on Sunday after the the finals. Yeah, you know? I don't understand this. I feel all tingly inside. <laughs> Should we stop? Right? Yeah, it was just warm and fuzzy pretty much all the time, from what I remember. Look, I've had a lot of concussions, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I know. Yeah, we definitely had some of those. Yeah. So now the year that you won the worlds, '95. T- t- walk yeah. us through that. Like, so you meet Eric Perez. Oh, now hold on. Let me let me let me go ahead and Is this explain your asterisk the asterisk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. From what I understand, um, you won the Worlds in 95 because everybody else fell. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That is that's ag- absolutely true from what I remember. What? Oh, my you know, God. Hey, man. I you would, know what? If, would, if you no, stand that... up and you, you put it together, if everybody else falls, that's the way it goes, right? I like, I mean, dude, dude the here's the, the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. Dave mentioned that to me. He's flipping me off right now. Uh, <laughs> you can't see him. He's flipping me off because he mentioned that to me. Uh, he said he won the Worlds in 95, but everybody gives him a hard time because everybody else fell or whatever. They keep giving him a hard time about that. Hey, he so won I the thought this. I thought this was a running joke. So if I just offended you in any way, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Not in the, you know what? And it was... It, that really the that really kind of captures the scene right it was it, the backstory to it as well was you know kobe mikasich myself thomas harrell we were all riding for a company called full tilt at the time and designing our own pro model boards and really just it, there was a lot of excitement it was kind of a a non you know three event company that was specific to wakeboarding and all that well leading into that world championship it, we were all living down at Thomas Harrell's house right. in Winter Haven, right? And you guys, you know, right around the corner from you, Dave, yep, and, yep. and, you know, close to everything. And we were training and we were working and we were focused on trying to get our runs dialed in and all that. And I was riding terribly. Like, I couldn't get it together. I couldn't get a, a pass put together where I was standing up, whatever. So really rolling into that World Championships – we were all kind of just like, whatever, let's just go out there and let it all rip. And, Mike, explain you know, to the audience, too, at this point that we had to write our tricks down. So right. you so, had to follow. So you would yeah. literally write down. It was it was obviously like a, a choreographed routine, if you will. Right. It was each trick had a predetermined point value. And so those were kind of your base points when you added all those up on two runs five maneuvers and then there was also a subjective piece that was kind of a style points part where you would be rewarded for that as well but but there was you know kind of a formula if you will hey if i want to win i've got to put this trick this trick this trick in to you know amass enough points to to be the victor if if everybody else stands up as well 
I've got to make, you know, make sure I'm doing, you know, doing the hardest, most technically, you know, sufficient tricks as, as was considered at the time. Right. To, to, right. Win. So, you know, that was, that was really it, you know, coming into it, we were, we were riding at Cranes Roost Park, which is a public park right over, you know, in Castleberry, Altamont Springs area. And it's a rolly place, right? Yeah. It, it has a lot of backwash. It had, you know, during that time, I think there was, you know, it was fairly windy. It was washy. It was, it was blown rolly. out that day. Blow, I, I'll remember that. I got stuck in a hoochie <laughs> glide. I got, I went up for a hoochie glide for my first trick and a headwind was so strong. I couldn't get the board back down. The wow. gust, gust got me stuck. Wow. Yeah. No. And that, you know, and it was just one of those things where you're like, man, I'm just going to go for it because I don't, you know, you, you care, obviously you want to do well for yourself, but at some point you're like, man, I've been riding like shit and I want, I'm just going to let it all hang out. I'm either going to pull something like Gator has done before in the past when, you know, one of the other legendary riders yeah. where you get double zeros because you crash on the first maneuver of both passes <laughs> right, and you right. get a damn zero <laughs> or you walk away victorious, but it's, it's really, you put your cojones on the line and you just go for it. And that's really, I was one of the first guys off the dock and I stood my passes up and I was super excited to, to have that happen. I think, you know, in my, my interview after, uh, the event, I said stoked maybe 37 times. So it was, <laughs> I, my, my children, my children, Trey and Medlin give me a hell of a time about that all the time. They're like, you were oh, so are stoked. You stoked? Are you stoked? Are you stoked? <laughs> But hey, what you know, whatever. It's it was a good feeling. It was a good vibe. But but you know, coming coming off the dock, standing those passes, and then coming back to the dock and watching, you know, some of my best friends in the world, Kobe, Thomas, Scott, all, all these guys are yeah. going out and they're bailing, they're falling, they're cra so I'm watching this kind of develop, and you know, I'm pretty slow, so it took me a while to go. Oh my God, if everybody falls and I'm the only one that stood, that means I've won. But, but also, you know, I, even if someone stands up, I, I put enough technical maneuvers in there to hopefully hold my own with the pack. Yeah. Um, and, and so it was a very surreal thing, a very special moment, you know, that I'll certainly always remember, but it was, it was a trip. Everybody went down and, and, you know, I think, you know, Kobe and I were down on the dock and they're just, you know, he's looking at me. He's like, holy shit, dude, you did it. You know, something to that effect. And and it was just, you know, then it just kind of becomes even weirder. Right. It's surreal. You're you're excited. You know, your best friend in the world, Kobe, got second place. One of the, the most special people in the world that I know, Thomas Harrell, got fifth place. And it was just for our company and for our friendships and it was a killer killer moment you know in in the history of the sport well i gotta say i was honestly giving you just a hard time because i thought it was a running joke <laughs> but but i will say this they you know you know how sometimes you um you hear that saying what is it sometimes all you have to do like 90 percent of the job is showing up um Damn you know what right. I mean? yeah and in that instance nobody else showed up and you were the guy that showed up and you landed That's... all your tricks and you stayed up the whole time and you won a championship so kudos don't let anybody ever give you shit about that again no no dude i i appreciate it and respect it and it was it was it was the way it was supposed to be on that day right and it's one of those things yes I won that event, but but could it have gone a million different ways? Hell yeah, absolutely. So I'm thankful yeah. for that moment in time. And look, there are plenty of events that we can regale and recount where, I mean, I bombed the shit out of them, right? I was getting double zeros, trying stuff that I thought I could pull off and just coming up short. So yeah. it's it's just one of those things. But you know what? It's more fun in, in my experience to put it all on the line and let it all hang out than to play it safe, right? If and it, if the cool thing, together, sure, and you don't even realize it then, but, you know, we're, here we are 30 years later almost, you know, and, <laughs> and it's still a legendary moment in the whole sport of wakeboarding. Yeah. You know, and that's what's so cool about it. it I mean, to the, in the day you had Shapiro was killing everybody and right, know, Parks, right. Parks is only 12 and he's coming up. You know, he won the X Games at 13. And you Absolutely. got uh, Byerly was unbeatable, and there were so many guys that were unbeatable. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he was the reigning world champion, right? He had won in '94. <sighs> he and Gator, right? They had had kind of a split 
competition where there was an expression yep. session and also the the you know written down runs like we talked about earlier scott won that gator won that they swept the worlds in 94 those dudes were coming in so hot and so talented and ready ready to dominate and it just wasn't you know their time at, at that point they you know the the conditions weren't favorable whatever and it you know the the clock changed yeah. you know it was it was a cool cool experience but the talent and the the skill set and the quality of of riders you know back then and obviously fast forward to today it, it's always it just keeps upping itself and getting better and getting more amazing and impressive and obviously you couple that with some you know amazing technological advances in in the boats and the weighting ballast systems and all that and oh isn't it just, crazy the wakes now oh, dude it's unbelievable it's, it's like a so double up cool every to, time but a perfect one <laughs> you know look i'll go out and ride now and i'm like oh my gosh this is so, like i'm i'm 45 years old guys i don't need a four foot wake to just kick me right in the hip all of a sudden. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Have you, so what, what's the most recent boat you've ridden behind? Like what year? Um, I rode behind a 2019 Malibu, just uh, one of my great friends, buddy and neurosurgeon Russ Margraf um, has a boat that he got from the, the local dealership inland uh, up here in Raleigh. And so we were riding behind that not not long ago, a couple of weeks ago. So did you tell him to load it right up first try? Like, did you say, let me see what it's got? Yeah, yeah, we did. We yeah. just loaded <laughs> up. And then, yeah, then go from there, right? And right. See what happens. So what's but your first, uh, how, how big do your eyes get the first time you hit that thing? Dude, it, it, well, it's so fun. And so, and, and you'll understand this, but my default, like I'll, sort of warm up and I'm not good about it and I should at, at this stage <laughs> well, we might game. get hurt at a 180 but my <laughs> first thing is like I want to hit this thing as hard as I can yeah, right? right I want to just charge it so it's always like just charging in on a heelside front flip for a big old you know and you come around on that thing and you know I'm still five or eight <laughs> feet off the ground dropping out and just getting destroyed <laughs> like an idiot but wow. it, it makes for, for a lot of laughs from all the people in the boat. So I'll, I'll go with that. Wow. We had Kobe on not long ago. And um, the one thing that I had forgotten until I talked to him is he was riding one of the longest lines at the time. And he said, he goes, well, it wasn't because I thought it was better to ride a longer line. He goes, I just grabbed a rope <laughs> and it was 75 <laughs> foot long. <laughs> He's, I didn't know to shorten it. So, right, right. And then he no, was, that, I mean, and that yeah. was our thing with, you know, even back in the day, I know you had mentioned before towers and before, you know, skylines or the higher extended center, center poles and all that. You know, Kobe and I's whole thing, we didn't we didn't know what the hell we were doing, let's be honest. And and maybe we still don't, but he's <laughs> probably got a better handle on it than I do. But um we we would say go bigger. That was our whole thing. I you know, I would crash. We'd be out there, you know, on Lake Butler or up in Castleberry on a lake up there or something, and I'd be like, Man, what did I do? And he'd go, I don't know, go bigger. And he so our, our logic, if if you can call it that, was the bigger you go, the more time you have in the air to figure out what's going wrong so you can land on your feet again. <laughs> so I don't know if that fits into any sort of rational logic. No, it sounds good to me. Yeah, it sounds good to me, the guy who can't wakeboard at all. I'm like, oh, that I makes mean, sense to me. You know, like, yeah. I mean, go bigger, right? Go yeah. bigger. Oh, hey, Kobe, what, you know, Kobe, what do, you, what do I need to do? You know, Mike, what's going on? Dude, go bigger. Go big. So it became this running joke. Anytime yeah. we'd crash, be like, oh, you didn't go big enough. Yeah, yeah. You, didn't go big, you didn't give yourself yeah. enough time to correct. Figure it out. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. We've got to figure this stuff out, man. Yeah. And That's everything awesome. was happening fast because, I mean, when I started, we were using a trick line, you know, like me and Zane and, right, uh, right. you know, Hank Amos was riding with us then. And, uh, sure. But we were all using a trick ski line, and it was forty feet, so everything happened so damn fast. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know, dude, it was just ding, 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 ding. Yeah. So if you had time, you're you're exactly right. If there was time to figure it out, you had a better chance. So that's crazy. Now you you rode behind the Malibu, and um, have you watched any of the riders today? Have you seen it, what the guys are doing? I ha I have watched a number of them. You know, from Harley Clifford to. Yeah, I, Tyler Hyam to the, and they are insane. These guys 
are going so big and doing some of the coolest, you know, whether it's just big rewind moves or, or stuff that we would talk about or dream about or fantasize about and would, it wouldn't be pulled off in our yeah. day. Right. Where right. it's, whether it's a double flip or a triple and then the wake skate stuff that's going on, right. That, you know, that Hanson's doing and yeah. there's just, I mean, it's so killer to see. And, and I've obviously stepped away in some capacity and then been, you know, really fortunate to be a part of the wakeboarding hall of fame nonprofit and, and really re-engage with the industry, re-engage with, my buddies that, yeah. that, you know, I haven't talked to or seen in person in, in a while because we've all been, you know, working on our, our lives, our careers, whatever. But, dude, it's it's so amazing to see what the younger set is doing now and what it's building off of. Right. And that's yeah. that's been so fun to, you know, from from my perspective, it's really cool to kind of link that back to the influencers. Right. Whether it's Scott, whether it's randall harris who who used to be little randy harris from you know all the you know even back to perez even back to eric schmaltz and and just the different influences that we discussed before but to see how this plays out into a 2020 you know wake boat atmosphere with you know with a, a five foot wall you're coming out and and excellent technology yeah i hope it turns back for them somehow because what a day it was for us to be in at the time i mean we had primetime tv we had the x games and i hope something turns for these guys because you're dead right i mean the talent is it's so I, i couldn't imagine somebody off the street right now getting in a boat and watching these guys, you know, it's, Oh my gosh. It's so dude, much different that, from the boat. Right. But, and, and I would, yeah, seriously, that's a great point. And I would stress that to anybody that's listening and is excited about what you guys are doing. Get in a boat with one of these riders, male, female, wake skater, wake surfer, get in the boat and watch it from that perspective because it will change your whole idea of what's going on. It yeah. is so amazing just to be sitting there. I remember, you know, we, you know, Kobe and Bischoff and myself, we were all living in our house on Lake Butler down there, but we would get, you know, opportunities. So we'd be riding with Scott and Gator and CC, and then we'd be over at Darren's place and, and watching everybody from the boat gives you this just amazing appreciation for for the technicality of it all right yeah. i mean i think it's something that that hopefully everybody can experience at some point and just just from the sheer amazement of of that perspective yeah that's awesome that is so awesome yeah. very cool yeah so Mike, I want to talk about, this is a funny story that you'll remember clearly. Uh, (laughs) We hadn't seen, so Mike and I hadn't seen each other for probably 15 years or so. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, um, typically I would finish my bus tour that we've talked about many times and I would finish in New Hampshire and I would bring my parents back to Florida with me. Yeah. I I remember those days, I think. So this particular year, my parents decided they were going to fly home. Mm -hmm. So Jeannie's with me and it's just Jeannie and I, and we're like, so we have to drive the bus back to Florida and we had about two weeks to kill. So I'm like, let's have fun on the way home. Yeah. So we we're doing, we hit New York city and then we hit, um, we hit um, uh, Maryland. What's the big beach there in Maryland? Uh, uh, Ocean, Ocean City. City. Yeah. Oh, God, Ocean I love City. Ocean City. Yeah. And we're just kind of ping-ponging down the East yeah. Coast and seeing different things. So she goes, um, this one big trip, but she wanted to get some seafood. Mm-hmm. So we had about an The eight. best place to do it is in Maryland. I well, mean, we Ocean did that. City, we had Maryland. some yeah, we had yeah. she crab soup, and we had the oh, whole deal. Yeah. And, but now we're going south, and... Uh, we had been inland for a little bit. I think we went to um, uh, Thomas Jefferson's house, mm-hmm. uh, and then we're bouncing back out toward the coast. And she goes, "I really want to go get some seafood." So I've been driving all day, and I said, "Well, I, I'll." Put, we found Google a place to buy some sure. stuff. So I had run a stop sign about I don't know. Well, it was close. The, the light was turning red. Yeah, and I kind of I, I had to go through. Right, it was questionable. Right. Yeah. So sure. I pull into the seafood place, and I go jump in the shower. And, you know, my face is all over the bus. Well, she goes into the seafood restaurant while I'm taking a shower. Yeah. Now I'm going to let Mike take over from here. Well, so we, you know, I was I was down there. I had a house down in that area of, of the North Carolina southern beaches and had a house down there for a time. And um, 
we, you know, the, the folks that I, I was with was, you know, my son and my son, Trey, who God, I don't even remember how old he was at the time. Well, his best friend, Hardy Weatherspoon, who's just a, an amazing kid. They were with me and we saw this bus and it had Dave on the side of it. Right. And we're like, no way. This is unbelievable. What, what are the odds? I haven't seen Dave in ages. We got to figure out where Dave is. So we saw uh, her go into the, to the convenience store or, or wherever we were. And we were, I walked in, I was like, Hey, is, is Dave, on the bus and she was like yes but he's in the shower and i'm like oh we gotta mess with him right we got a surprise <laughs> so wait does genie know you at this point no so genie just let some random dude walk in and get oh, no, no, okay. No, no. okay 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 no, no. i just i mean wow wow genie if you're listening wow <laughs> no so, so genie was awesome though we saw her in in the store and uh-huh. i'm like hey you know I, i've known dave for ages and I love him to de- where, where is he? Right. And, and the boys, meantime, my, my son and his friend Hardy are, are kind of standing on the sidelines like, Oh, where is this famous dude? And he's got a picture of himself on the side of the bus. And this is awesome. And this is so exciting and whatever. So, I mean, Dave, from your perspective too, give us, you know, yeah. what happened. I said, you've got to mess with him. Yeah. So, so th- this is the, the story that I heard is that, cause I'm in the shower, you know, I'm in the right. bus. Yeah. I'm, I have yeah. no idea what's going on. Sure. And Mike says that she wants to mess with them. So Jeannie gives Mike the information of the red light that I just ran through. And she goes, well, he just did run through a, a red light. Yeah. So Mike's like, perfect. I'm going to, because I haven't seen him in 15 years. And he used yeah. to have really long hair. Yeah. And now he's got, you know, <laughs> clean cut, you know, businessman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's yeah, going to be yeah. a cop. <laughs> and he's pounding on the door, North Carolina Police Department or yeah. whatever oh, he says, God. right? And I'm like, oh, shit. Wait there a minute. Wait a minute. So I'm jumping out of the shower. Like my shirt's on backwards. like got the tag hanging out. And I open the door, and he goes, uh, "I'm gonna need you to step out of the car, sir." And I don't recognize him. You You're know, right, I, yeah. I, you know, I, the last person I think I'm gonna see. I don't even know where the hell I am. Right, right. And, and I come stepping out of the bus, and he just looks at me. And you, you, if you pick, pull up Mike Weddington, a picture yeah. of him. He's got this smile that yeah. you can you, you can tell it a million miles away. I right, mean, right. You can see it from the moon, probably. You can see you see the Great Wall of China and Mike Weddington smile. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives me that smile. Yeah. and I'm like motherfucker are you kidding me and that's how I ran into my I wow. was like yeah I was banging I'm like sir sir we heard that you ran a light back there we need to investigate we need to have a conversation he's like hold on hold on you know let me get dressed I'm like sir sir no this is serious this is important you need to so he rolls out and it was it was just great and the you know the boys my son and his friend were in hysterics they got to meet Dave and hear some of us you know just you know talking about the good old days or or what had gone on and it was just and Jeannie couldn't have played the role any better she was awesome she she teed it up just right and we got to to have a little fun that's pretty awesome here's the big question um did Jeannie get her seafood Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She had her seafood. Okay, good. Yeah, and we we were all we were all lined up to take the bus somewhere, so we we had to move on and do that. But what, my God, it was hysterical. It was such a good time. No, so, just, what yeah, town were you in at the end of the day? I don't even know what town was that. What town were we in? That was uh, Ocean Isle Beach, North Carolina. Okay, Ocean Isle Beach. And and you so. may have you may have mentioned it. I just missed it. But why were you there too, Mike? So I used to have a house down there. Um, so we would oh, go down right, there yeah. and spend a good part of the summer, you know, vacation house, whatever. And um, so we were just down there and that was they were literally pulled up to one of the little local stores that we would always go to. And, wow. and timing was per. You know what? I think now that we're talking about it, I almost I think that Hardy. So my, my friends or, or my son's good friend, Hardy called me and said hey there's some wakeboard tour bus up here and i think we actually jumped in the truck i was like okay cool you know let's ride up there and see what's going on i think hardy actually tipped us off to your whereabouts and we were like oh shit let's go dude let's go have some fun oh that is hysterical that's so 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 perfectly fits the way we used to live yeah i mean we used to just bounce around the damn country place to place to place and, uh, you know, back in our single days, it was funny because you'd have maybe 15 to 20 guys that were there all on tour together. Yeah. And you'd go out to the bar. And, of course, you're all hitting on chicks. 
but you'd never know who you were going to hang out with that night because you know the the two girls would pick you know one girl would pick one guy one girl would pick the other guy <laughs> right. and you never knew who you were going to hang out with that night yeah, and that yeah, happened yeah. a lot oh i'm sure <laughs> no, that yeah that happened often but it was always to your point right it was always like oh cool now there's a whole new crew of people there's a couple removed but then we've got this whole new setup of, of guys to mess with and joke with and you know, pretend that we're cooler than we are. You yeah, know? right. <laughs> wow. Well put. <laughs> yeah, you know. those were oh, fun man. days, fun days to be in. You know, and no, you, absolutely. Especially man. looking I mean, back now. So we do a segment, uh, Mike. Why don't we bring you in on it? Because so we do a segment called The Break, and it's today's topics, and we just give our opinions on it. So you want to play along with us? Let's do it. Okay. He doesn't know shit about water sports, but he found a way to fit in. It's time for The Break with Mike Lee. Uh, so I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a lot of turmoil in America right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of turmoil. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know really? if you guys have heard anything about it, but there's this thing called a pandemic all about uh, the coronavirus uh, and COVID-19. Uh, well, a couple of days ago, the uh, World Health Organization, uh, one of their uh, members, uh, said that it was extremely rare for... Uh, for a, a person that was asymptomatic to be able to pass the coronavirus on. Did you guys hear about this? Yes. You did? Okay, yeah, because... I, did you hear about that, Mike? I did. I yeah. did. I read something about that. Yeah, so uh, one of their scientists said it's very rare for that to happen, and she was quoted, and immediately it was out in the news, and everybody lost their shit. Yeah, so asymptomatic means that they're not sneezing, they're not coughing. They're not showing any symptoms. Not, not and, showing no symptoms. any sign yeah. of, yeah. And yeah. here's why. Here's why everybody flipped out, because if an asymptomatic person can't pass on the virus, then why the hell did we lock down the country? That's a right great point because right. because at, because if it, if an asymptomatic person can't pass on the virus, then that means that you the only sick people can, and then you just stay away from sick people. Like if you've got the flu, Dave, nobody's we're not hanging out with you. Kind of like yeah. the world's been yeah. going for the last yeah. six million years. <laughs> yeah, right, so right. yeah, so, so we're going to shun you for a bit of time until you stop sniffling and coughing. Exactly, and yeah. bring it on back. Yeah. Exactly. So that so in other words, uh, when people heard this, they were like, "What in the he double hockey?" sticks well the world health organization got a hold of that and they immediately walked back the uh the statement saying that uh essentially uh the uh the it was misunderstood and there are still studies that show that 30 to 50 percent of the cases can be caused by asymptomatic people the question is and i put this before the court which means you and uh, dave and mike uh do you believe the first or the second statement that they that they put out there because here's the question that I have. Um, one, the scientist who was being interviewed or did the Facebook Live video, I think is what it was, she just she said these statements. It's very rare. It's extremely rare. Yes, it can happen, but it's extremely rare for an asymptomatic person to pass on the virus. All right, Mike, you want to go first? Or you then want immediately me to go? they roll it back as soon yeah. as all of the turmoil started. Yeah. You want? You, you know, I, I mean, I'll, I'll jump in. I, I, you know, it's it's such a it's such a difficult thing to uh, amass and to get any sort of consistency in data or science right now. And it, it's one of those things where nobody knows what the hell is going on. It seems to me, right. There's conflicting reports. There's conflicting studies. There can, you know, whether it be by state, by country or, or whatever, everybody's all over the place on this thing. Right. And yeah. I, I find it extremely hard to believe that, that an asymptomatic person cannot be a carrier and cannot infect someone else. Um, and until I saw some really solid data kind of showing that over a, a more broad thing, I, I'd have a hard time buying it. Yeah. So you would have a hard time buying that they cannot pass it or that they can correct. pass it. Oh, okay. That yeah. they cannot. Correct. Yeah. So, so that's what they went back and they clarified and they said, well, that's okay. This was misunderstood by America or, you know, the citizens, whatever. Uh, they misunderstood <laughs> this. Let us clarify. There are still studies. It is still possible uh, up to uh, some studies show that up to 50 percent of cases could be from asymptomatic people passing it on. Right. Here is the problem I have. You know, you you try to trust. Well, I grew up in a generation that if something was stated by a scientist or by somebody who's supposed to know what they're talking about, then you're supposed to believe it. But we're now in a day and age that people just throw up whatever the hell they want to say. And the problem I have with this whole thing is who 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 said who, who stated the asymptomatic 
um, I cannot find the damn. Uh, was it, was uh, it the CDC? Was it the oh, it was the WH- world, the world, the World Health Organization. So the WHO, the WHO let this out. Okay. So there's the problem I have. Whether it's true or not, why didn't they study it enough before they let the statement out that asymptomatic? You know, and then they gotta they gotta reel it back. I mean, so you can't. How do you believe anybody if they're gonna say, "Oh, this is what the way it is," and then they reel it back? I mean, then, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, if, if if a girl comes up to me in a bar with a big old shanker on her lip and wants to make out, I'm probably not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> symptomatic. Uh, all right, some other news that's going on. Obviously, you guys know about all the protests that are going on over the George Floyd death. Um, the U.S. Navy has now banned Confederate flags, and the Army oh. has announced that they will likely be changing any base that is currently named the after Confederate leaders. What? So does that have to do with black rights matter? I mean, Confederate no, flag now? It's, it's it's just a hot topic. Now, I, I, for one, and I'll just, I'll be, I'll be completely honest, I agree with this decision. I think that... Uh, the Confederate flag celebrates uh, a defeated enemy. Ooh, you're talking to a North Carolina boy here. I know. And, no, and we, no, and I'm, we gonna, can... I'm, I'm with you. I am, I am right in step with you. Yeah, I don't understand. It, it would be like uh, people in Germany still having, uh, you know, uh, statues to the Nazis and, and, and swastikas flying around. Uh, it's, right. a defe- it's a defeated American enemy, and there's no reason for it. That's my only, okay. that's my only so you argument. Don't, yeah, you have no problem. It's not a black thing. No, it's not a black thing for yeah. me. It's like, why are we celebrating a, a bunch of people who basically traitors right. uh, who who seceded from the union and then yeah. and then we beat them yeah. and said no you're, you're you're still us right and and for some reason we're celebrating them so to me that's the only argument that really needs to be had yeah so uh but the u.s navy has banning as uh, banning the confederate battle flag from all of its uh public spaces vessels and work areas the army is also considering renaming all of their bases these include bases uh like fort bragg in north carolina so that affects you mike sure uh, no, absolutely. Fort, fort hood in Texas, Fort Benning in Georgia, and Camp Beauregard in Louisiana. I I agree with that. America's America, right? I mean, right. If, if you live here, it's the American flag. If you live in Italy and you're a proud Italian, you fly the Italian flag. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and so on and so on. So I would agree with that. I just I, what I don't want to see is people take this as a racist um, ploy, you know? Because listen, the death of of, uh, of Floyd was horrible oh god but i don't know if that cop would have done anything different on a hispanic guy or on an oriental guy we don't or on a white guy we don't know yeah. but i mean we do know that he has a history of violence that he had like i want to say it was 10 or upwards of 10 uh other misconduct uh, uh citations i guess right. on his record but um, was it strictly with black guys was that, it that i don't know see that's the yeah. that's the issue i have and uh, listen i am Black, it's not Black Lives Matter to me. It's all lives matter to me. Right. Well, Every life matters to me. Of course. And actually, that is <clears throat> so. That is a that is a hugely controversial controversial statement. Yeah. Uh, and well, only I because saw, I saw something to to interject that that really gave me pause and gave me perspective on that. And, and maybe it's just a personal reflection or something that that I need to be more cognizant of. But it was it was you know a, a, a someone you know, had a sign with the uh, hashtag black lives matter and someone's retort was all lives matter. And then the commentary after that was absolutely all lives do matter. But right now, you know, we need a little extra attention on this matter. And that's that it, it framed it. And I don't know if I've done it justice in, in saying, saying it to you guys, but it really, framed it in yes i think we all agree and hopefully that all lives matter and but but this was just a very poignant and simple you know statement that no we agree all lives matter or or whomever was making the statement but right now we want to turn our attention to this and really let's dig in and and you know, make make some decisions that are based on on everybody being on a level playing field. So I was that to me was cool. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, Mikey took all of the words right out of my mouth because that is uh, that's what I think a lot of people. No, no, I, I appreciate you being the one to say it because Dave won't listen to me. 
<laughs> but no, but uh, but that is essentially what it is. I mean, uh, yes, they agree. They do agree. The movement agrees. All lives matters. All yeah. lives matter. That's not what they're saying. They're saying right now we are being systemically oppressed uh, by a lot of policies that are out there, and just just downright some of it's just downright racism. And there's a lot of Absolutely. examples of it. That's not saying that everybody's a racist. It's not saying that every white police officer is a racist. Right. But there's a lot of it going on and a lot of it that goes unchecked. Thank God we're starting to see more of these videos yeah. and people are seeing it and they get guys cool. like you, Dave, who yeah. would normally probably be like, well, all lives matter. You know, not all cops are bad. You're right. But then you see that man who put uh, his knee in George Floyd's neck and yeah. you realize, holy shit, this really is a problem. Yeah, that's a bad um, guy. It's yeah. a, it, that and somebody said the other dude. day, which yeah. I think is a great idea. You know, they're trying to defund police on some of these big cities now and i think that's a huge mistake yeah. i mean you can't wipe out the police force but put well, cameras let me on clear let me clear put, let put me clarify on. that as well um <laughs> let me clarify that as well so when they say defund the police they're not actually wanting to take away all of the money what they're wanting to do is dismantle the army of police that is out there now so uh right now if you see yeah. a cop car and you're driving down the road and you you might be going 55 you go oh shit uh, the cops uh, or you see a cop and you see a cop behind you everybody gets kind of nervous um, these cops are kind of, you know, universal soldiers. They've got like, you know, a little wire in their ear coming down yeah. to the radio and they've got, you know, a tech nine on this side of an entire Batmobile, you know, bat belt going on of utilities, uh, bulletproof vest. They've got an, uh, an AR 15 hanging in the window, whatever. You know what I mean? These guys are, these guys yeah. are heavily armed, you know, people. And whenever they want to, they could become an army. So their idea is that this gives them a little bit of kind of that. I'm a badass, you know, Billy badass mentality sure. right and so what they're saying is they would like to see that dismantled and say look let's do more community they actually did this in um in new jersey and god I, camden i think it was camden new jersey is that right i think that's right I, yeah yeah i i read that briefly if yeah mike if, if i'm not mistaken they did it in 2012 they completely dismantled they were having so many problems with misconduct and corruption in their own police department yeah, I can see that they completely dismantled it and now the cops are like community members uh, they are maybe required. we could start with the boat cops. <laughs> maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, but like in in Camden, uh, the cops on their first day have to go around and knock on doors and introduce themselves to the people in the neighborhoods that they patrol. Oh, I like that. Yeah, they host right. barbecues. They host drive-in yeah. movie nights. Yeah, they're part of the community. The people know who these officers yeah, so are. Yeah, there's no separation. Exactly. I like and that. that's and that's what the idea behind defunding the police is. It's not literally getting rid of the police. It's rest it's starting over. Instead of creating this army of guys who think that they are unbeatable, yeah. you're creating more community members. You know, and I could go with that. Mike, did you ever compete um overseas? Did you ever go to other countries to compete? Um, not from a competition standpoint, but I, I went over there and traveled and, and did demos and all that up quite right. a bit. So I know that when I was travel so I did the European tour from ninety eight till oh three and I was I did as much of the American tour as I could, but I was doing the European and Scandinavian tour as well. And it was brutal. I mean, you'd go through some of these airports with full yeah. machine gun. And you sure. just, you weren't used to seeing that being an right. American kid. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And sure. Uh, sure. yeah, it was a little unnerving. So yeah, exactly. It's unnerving. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so that's the idea. And by the way, just to kind of cap that last story, um, Camden is uh, their crime rate since 2012, since they've dismantled yeah. and restructured the police. Uh, the crime rate is down 42%. Huh. So it's pretty yeah, big. That's, yeah, that's it's exactly what. So in thinking about that, that's a, that's a huge nod to that community engagement. My girlfriend, who is much smarter than I, told me, she gave me the rundown on that and just kind of the figures and the numbers of how that was working. And it was more of a community-based and community-engaged endeavor, which seems to make a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah, and, you know, it might not work in cities like Chicago. I mean, when you got a huge, huge city... Uh, it's going to be a lot harder to do something like that. But the idea of it, I think, is a good one. And uh, that's the break. Yeah. Right on. Well, that was good. Nice. That's good stuff. Good conversation. Good conversation. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. About from, what's going on in the world. From wakeboarders with three brain cells left. <laughs> Right, yeah, and we're well, destroying them the now. As three we are firing as hard as they can <laughs> to keep up. Only the strong survive. Get rid of you the weak ones. Right, They're brother. useless there anyway. Three survivors. At this point. <laughs> 
All it takes is one more toe edge and it's lights out. That's right. That's right. Well, awesome, uh, Mike. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on the episode. Is there anything else you want to plug or what are you man, doing I now? Just, you know, wanted to say thanks to you guys. This is a, a great, great honor to, uh, to be involved with, with what you guys are doing. Congrats on, uh, all the episodes 51 here and um you know just i'm excited to to be engaged with the industry again through the wakeboarding hall of fame i mean we're doing some really cool stuff to honor all of you know a lot of the names that we've mentioned you know in this podcast uh to kind of cement their legacy and the time and the commitment and the love and the the fun that they've put in and the influence that they'd interject into the sport um, and, and we're actually, you know, we've got open nominations going on at wakeboardinghalloffame.com right now where people can nominate who they think should be inducted into the Hall of Fame. We'll be um, at the Surf Expo, barring any sort of uh, new COVID uprising. Um, we will be <laughs> right. there in September for Surf Expo and doing, you know, the, the 2020 inductions and also as kind of a bonus Unfortunately, uh, the hurricane last year wiped us out from doing the uh, doing Surf Expo, and we're going to be inducting our 2019 class there as well. So it's going to be a big turnout for the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame, and nice. I'm just uh, thankful I say, to be a part of that. I and, say and that somebody date. needs to nominate the outside edge. Uh, uh, <laughs> come on, guys. Uh, nominate the yeah. outside edge. Uh, Dave Briscoe and the Outside Edge uh, for everything that we have done for wakeboarding. I mean, I've, you don't have any idea how many times I've had to put up with this guy for you guys. So yeah, I think I, mean, I no, should be in that's there. That's just legendary in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> well, right thank on. you guys. I couldn't appreciate it more. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys down in Winter Haven before too long, but appreciate you having me uh, on the podcast. Yeah, we'll do a reunion soon. And... Um, it looks like I might get that gig that you set me up with the other day too. So I'm waiting to hear back from your buddy oh, I Matthew. Love it. Yeah, so posted, I'll keep you posted. Him. Yeah. And uh, you guys are great. Man. Awesome. Awesome. It. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. And as usual, please get on Facebook and give us a like, give us a write up, a review. That would be awful nice. Uh, you can also get the bonus episodes on Patreon. We had the blow bucket on. We put a video up of the blow bucket the other day. And uh, Wayne Carroll's Blow Bucket is live and going strong. And uh, so go on Patreon. You can find us there at patreon.com forward slash the outside edge and get plenty of bonus episodes. On behalf of Mike Lee, I am Dave Briscoe. Love you guys very much. We'll talk to you next time on the outside edge. <laughs>